we're closing out our series entitled Made New. And um, this is our third week, final week, and Pastor Keith and Pastor Mitch did a great job just basically explaining to us what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21 said. Now, we're looking at the last two verses of this passage, but they took the first four and just kind of dissected it greatly for us, right? And they explained what it looks like to be made new, what it even means to be reconciled, and then what does it mean to be given this ministry of reconciliation, now, if you're using a Bible here, you can turn to page 966. It'll get you right there. Again, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 16 through 21. We're looking at verses 20 and 21 today. Now, there is a key word that we're going to look at throughout this morning. Ambassador. Ambassador. And Merriam-Webster defines an ambassador as an authorized messenger or representative. So essentially, this is someone who represents someone else in words and actions. An ambassador acts and speaks on behalf of who they are representing, right? It's not their words or actions. It's the words and actions of whom they are representing. So there's two questions for us we're going to look at throughout this morning. Two questions we're going to look at. Who do you represent and what message do you carry? Who do you represent, what message do you carry? Now, when you're looking at the first question, there's really only two answers if we're honest. Who do you represent, yourself or God in Christ Jesus? That's it. That's it. You're either representing yourself or you're representing God in Christ Jesus. See, who you represent very much, very much dictates the message that you carry. The who really matters, but guess what? The message we carry matters as well. And just as there's only two answers to the first question, guess what? There's only two answers to the second. What message do you carry? It's either a message of war or a message of peace. It's either a message of war or peace. Simple. The message we carry differs according to who we represent. Now, we're going to look further into this as we journey through our passage this morning, but here's the gist of it all, okay? If you represent yourself, then you carry a message of war. If you represent yourself, you're carrying a message of war. Now, if you represent God in Christ Jesus, you're carrying a message of peace. Now, our passage this morning is written by the Apostle Paul, and he helps us figure out the stark contrast between the two, between the two different representations and messages that we carry. And he, he wrote to the church of Corinth, and he calls on them, he calls on us to be ambassadors. And he answers the questions of who they should represent, who you and I should represent, what message that the church of Corinth should carry, what message you and I should carry. So, if you're willing and able, I want to invite you in honor of reading God's holy word to stand as we read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus 
no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new is come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the reading of God's holy word. You may be seated. Now, as we look further into this passage, we will see what it means to be a representative of peace and not war. Now, if you don't hear anything else, if you decide to check out for the rest of the morning, hear this. Being a representative of peace and not war centers around Christ. Being a representative of peace and not war carries a message. It commands an action. It calls for an exchange and it chooses a response. For all the type A people out there, I totally just like hit that for you with all those C's. For everybody else who likes to buck the trend, sorry. <laughs> so let's look at the first point of being a representative of peace and not war centers around Jesus Christ. Now the very first verse in our passage of verse 20 says, therefore we are ambassadors for who? For Christ. So this makes the obvious assertion that we should represent Jesus Christ. But it's the first word that points us to why we should. Why we should be ambassadors, representatives of Christ. Why in the world should we represent Jesus? See, therefore means we have to go back just a verse or two to get our answer. Verses 18 and 19. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. See, Christ is who enables us to have peace with God. No one, nothing else. Jesus gives us peace, enables peace with God. God gave us Jesus to end our warring with God and to finally make eternal peace with God. See, reconciliation, and we've kind of explained it over the past couple of weeks, means an exchange, a change in relationship. So it's God in Christ Jesus that enables our relationship with God to change from that of, get this, war to that of peace. From enemies to friends. Romans 5.1 says, says it wonderfully. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's Christ who paid the price for all of our selfish and prideful heart towards God, right? He paid the price for all of our sin. Christ is who brings peace in our relationship with God and get this, ultimately to others. 
Therefore, as Christ followers, as ambassadors for Christ, as representatives of the one who made a way for peace with God, we should be representatives of peace and not war. Representatives of Christ, not representatives of self. Church family, get this. Correct representation matters to reconciliation. Correct representation matters immensely to reconciliation. And, you know, I learned a perfect example from a friend here at church a few weeks ago. Um, we were just talking, hanging out in the foyer. And he goes, Derek, you know what? When people ask me how I'm doing, I'm not going to say I'm fine anymore. Because I'm not. I'm just messed up. I mess things up. I get things wrong all the time. I'm just, I'm not fine. And so later on that day, it like just like, hit me over the head. I was like, you know what? He is absolutely correct. It dawned on me every time that I say I'm fine, I'm representing myself and selling a better, a better version of me. Right? I'm saying I'm fine. I've got it. Yeah, I'm fine. The kids were miserable this week. But you know what? I'm fine. I got it. Yeah. You know? I mean, work stunk. But I'm fine. I got it. I'm not humbling myself enough to say I'm not enough, but praise be to God the Father, Christ is enough. So the question is, who do you represent? Who are you centered around? Yourself or Christ? Being Christ-centered is very hard, church family, because it goes against the current culture and our very own nature. We want everyone to know how good we are, right? We want everyone to see the best of us. Why do we have all these filters on all these apps and phones? I never have glitter on my face. Why am I going to represent myself that way? That's not a true, accurate picture of me. If I were to ask each and every one of you, go back in 2021 and look at all of your social media posts, how many of them would you say are actually true communicate a true message and representation of you and or your family yeah we posted the perfect family picture and you know what it took like 800 takes you don't see the 799 where you know and then you got one kid crying but seriously though some of you breaks my heart you post about how much of a blessing your spouse is to you and how, how this year's been so wonderful when in actuality at home, you're just warring with them. See, we like to talk about all the sunshine and roses, but none of the storms and thorns. And sadly, we rarely ever talk of the one who turns our thorns into roses and shines light through the storms of our life. Why? Because it's our nature, friends. We make ourselves look better and shine light on ourselves. Instead of making Christ the center of our lives and shining a light on him. When our life is me-centered, we are ignoring the gospel in our lives. And we're ultimately warring with God. See, to be a representative of peace... We must be centered around Jesus Christ. But to be a representative of peace, we also carry a message, right? 
Verse 20 says, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. You see, as ambassadors, as representatives, we carry a message from God in Christ through us to others. From God in Christ through you and I to those around us. But it's in this first verse that we see something important. See, the message we carry is different from any other message society carries. You see, church family, God went first. God went first. He's making an appeal to others through you and I first. Now, this was unheard of in biblical times, and actually, it's unheard of nowadays. Like in biblical times, if you were the one who wronged someone, it was your absolute responsibility to initiate the first step in reconciliation. It was up to you to go to the one that you offended or wronged and say, I'm sorry, ask for forgiveness, offer for payment, repayment, whatever the case is. It was your responsibility to go first. And ultimately, the one who you wronged, the power lay in their hands. It was up to them to either accept the payment, accept reconciliation, meaning, okay, now we can do business, now we can be friends again, or no, refuse your offer and you just remain alienated and estranged from them. I mean, it's quite simple and accurate to today's world, right? You have two kids, one of your kids hits the other one. Never does a parent tell the one who got hit, hey, go apologize and ask for forgiveness. It just sounds weird, doesn't it? It goes like contrary to what we think. Never does the one who was offended or wronged go first in the process of reconciliation, but God did. How amazing is that? We wronged him with all of our selfishness, all of our prideful hearts, all of our sin-filled hearts in our rebellion and war with him. Yet God went first in offering us peace with him instead of war. Romans 5.8 says this. It was up during a song. I don't know if you caught it. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God desires peace with us and showed it by going first. Sending Jesus Christ to die for you and I to pay for our sins even while we were still sinners. Even while we were still wronging him. And now he's entrusting to us this message to others. Isn't that a glorious and hopeful message that we get to carry? Not that we have to carry. We get. It's an opportunity. To carry. So the question is, is what message do you actually carry? Is it one of peace or one of war? Is it one of Christ or one of self? Is every social media post focused on your personal views? Or are they rooted in the truth of God reconciling us to him? Listen. Some of you are going to get called out on this. Even some of my family in faraway places. 
if all you do is comment on current political or social views with the attempt to hurt, with the attempt to say, I'm right, guess what? You're representing yourself. You're ultimately carrying a message of war. A message that says, I just want to fight. I just want to belittle. I just want to prove you wrong and show how amazing I am. We just came out of the holidays, right? We all have that one family member. You know. Is every confrontation with a certain family member rooted in disdain and apathy because of a past offense? Or are you willing to go first and offer peace and reconciliation in that relationship? Because that's exactly what God did for you and I. He went first. Is every interaction with certain people just drenched with a tone of frustration with or a disappointment in them? At home? Your kids? Your spouse? A coworker, An employee of yours? You're warring with them. Why? Because you're expecting them to be something you can never be. Perfect. And God in Christ Jesus went first to perfectly bring us into a peaceful relationship with him. Don't you think the message we get to carry to others should mirror that of God in Christ? Especially knowing how undeserving you and I are of his grace, mercy, and love. The fact that he went first, church, means you are important to him. You matter, you have value, and you have worth. Are you carrying that same message to those around you? To be a representative of peace, we get to carry a message. A message that God went first in bringing peace to our relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Being a representative of peace and not war also commands an action. It really does. And, and we have to act. And, the, and this is found in the last half of verse 20. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Paul is fervent in urging the Corinthian church to be reconciled to God. Here's why. The church had started believing false teachings. Like these false teachers came in, started giving all this not right stuff, and the Corinthians said, hmm, maybe we should take hold of this stuff. And they were also embracing the Corinthian society, the cultural norms of the day. You and I know as Christians today, embracing the cultural norms is not good, right? And even to this point, it caused a relational gap between Paul and the Corinthian church, which is why he wrote, he wrote them to rebuke them and urge them, be reconciled to God first and then to Paul himself. See, Paul wrote earlier in 2 Corinthians about his desire to be reconciled with the Corinthians. But notice here, he's not talking about that. He's talking, I want you to be reconciled to God first. Now, when we talk about reconciliation with God, there's a passive part and there's an active part. Now, the passive part is of God and from God. So our verse kind of would read, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God by God. And this is what we learn in this. God does the reconciling. We are reconciled. God reconciles, man is reconciled. Big difference. 
And when God went first sending Jesus to die for you and I, he was reconciling us to him. Guess what? We did nothing for that part of reconciliation with him. That's why it's passive for us. He did all the work, and guess what? Glorious news, he did it first. The active part of reconciliation now, that's, that's, that's from us, right? And this is exactly what Paul is urging the Corinthians to do when he says, be reconciled to God. He's saying that the false teaching and culture have influenced them in such a way that they are embracing their sinfulness, that they're embracing their bickering, their fighting, that they're embracing their idolatry. And that's why Paul is urging them, be reconciled to God first. And we actually have an application in this. We are called to be fully reconciled to God first. Here's why. Ready? If you're warring with God, how in the world can you have peace with others? If you're warring with God, how in the world can you have peace with others? You cannot be truly reconciled to others if you're not reconciled to God first. The one that really matters. So what is it that you're holding on to right now? What is it that you're holding on that's preventing you from being fully reconciled to God? Maybe, maybe it's a hurt. A wound that just cuts you so deep so long ago and all it seems to do is go deeper, get bigger, hurt more. And you're just like, I can't let go of this hurt. Maybe it's an emotion or an addiction that you just, you just can't beat. And frankly, sometimes you just don't want to beat it. Because you are holding on so tight. Dear brother and sister in Christ, the good news is this. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. He laid down his life for you. You can lay it down for him. And you can trust the promise in Philippians he upholds that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in who? Christ Jesus. Maybe you're always wondering, man, I can never find peace in relationships. Just drama always follows me in my relationships. I'm a drama mama, a drama papa, whatever. It just follows me wherever I go. I end up just like, I end up never talking to the person again. Maybe you're sitting here and you're squirming because you're like, I'm just not settled in life. I'm just not at peace in life right now. Maybe it's because you're not fully embracing the reconciliation that's offered to you by God in Jesus Christ. See, the message of reconciliation is hard because it's the opposite of what we think reconciliation should be. God's offered you peace before you ever even desired peace with him. Let that sink in. He offered you peace long before you ever even gave a rip about being at peace with God. It's a beautiful thing, our Father's love. God desires you. He wants a fruitful relationship with you. One that's enveloped in peace not war. Embrace the things of God and extend the peace you have with him to others in all things. To be a representative of peace and not war, we are commanded to act, church. To be fully reconciled to God, 
actively embracing the things and ways of God. But being a representative of peace and not war, it also calls for an exchange. Verse 21 is known as, quote, the great exchange. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become what? The righteousness of God. This verse reaffirms how God so desires a peaceful and loving relationship with you and I. Paul says this, is, this exchange was for who? For our sake. No one else's. Our sake, which is everybody's sake, right? God sent Jesus to pay for our sin so that in Christ we become righteous. This great exchange is our motivation. Should be our sole motivation in being a representative of Christ and not a representative of self. And being a representative of peace and not a representative of war. This great exchange, it was the most unfair exchange ever. It was the most unfair exchange ever. No one has done, no one could do, no one ever will do what God in Christ Jesus exchanged with us for us. That gives me goosebumps when I just think about that. Death for life. Sin for righteousness. Separation for fellowship. Alienation is strangers to how beautiful adoption as sons and daughters. It's only fitting that reconciliation means an exchange, a change in relationship. Exchanging love instead of hate. Closeness instead of separation. Friends instead of enemies. Peace instead of war. The list goes on and on. This is what our glorious God in Christ Jesus did for you and I. He made the ultimate exchange, and it started with him. If I'm, if I'm a betting man, which I'm not, I bet on God in Christ Jesus every time. He offered peace with us first. How beautiful is that? See, this great exchange was far from fair, yet God in Christ offered this exchange first. As representatives of peace and not war, as representatives of Christ and not self, there's an application. We are called to exchange something, something that doesn't seem to be fair. We are called to exchange something, something that doesn't seem to be even the fairest affair. So what is it that you need to exchange in your life, in your relationships with God and others? Maybe it's forgiveness for some extreme hurt. Maybe it's love for abandonment. Maybe it's gentleness for hostility. Fathers, dads, husbands, this one hits home for all of us, doesn't it? As much as I love my kids and I desire, I mess up. I'm not fine. We're not fine. 
But thanks be to God in Christ Jesus. <laughs> the glorious good news of the gospel is Christ is enough for me, my failures, and my mess-ups. Maybe you need to exchange some humility for some prideful issue that you have with someone or something. Maybe it's encouragement instead of callousness, your spouse. Instead of just rubbing a shoulder because you kind of feel have to encourage them with the love of Christ. Love your wife. Love your husband. See, we all have someone or something that calls for an unfair exchange. In exchange at our expense. Because that's exactly what happened to who we are called to represent. Jesus. He exchanged with us and for us far more than we deserve or could exchange with him. Because to be a representative of peace and not war, we are called to exchange in a way that points others to who we represent. We are called to exchange in a way that points others to who we are called to represent. Jesus Christ. Now being a representative of peace and not war finally chooses a response. And this is where we're going to close out today. Church, we have to choose a response. A response centered around Christ or a response centered around ourselves. Choosing a message of peace or choosing a message of war. Choosing an active pursuit of God's way or pursuing our way. Choosing an exchange at our expense or at the expense of someone else. Choosing to represent God in Christ or to re represent ourselves. How we choose to respond will confirm who we represent, what message we carry, what actions we take, and what we're willing to exchange. Now I want to close with a final example of what it means and look like, looks like to be a representative of Christ desiring peace and not war. This is somewhat of a recent event. I don't know exactly when it happened. That doesn't matter. There was a police officer by the, by the name of Richard Houston. He was called to the scene of a domestic disturbance violence call. And he accepted the call because that's what police officers do. They sacrifice themselves for the safety of others. Thank you if you serve. Um, and he went and was shot and killed on, on sight. And then the gunman turned the gun on himself and shot himself. Now, Richard Houston lost his life, sadly. The man who shot him actually survived his own self-inflicted gun wound. And Richard Houston is survived by a wife and three kids, the oldest of which is an 18-year-old girl by the name of Shelby Houston. And she did the eulogy at her dad's funeral. Imagine that. And I've got a short clip here, but here's what I want you to pay attention to. I want you to listen to how certain, how certain Shelby Houston is in who she represents, what message she carries, and how she chooses to respond. Take a listen. 
I remember having conversations with my dad about him losing friends and officers in the line of duty. I have heard all the stories you can think of, but I've always had such a hard time with how the suspect is dealt with. Not that I didn't think there should be justice served, but my heart always ached for those who don't know Jesus. Their actions being a reflection of that. I was always told that I would feel differently if it happened to me, but as it's happened to my own father, I think I still feel the same. There has been anger, sadness, grief, and confusion, and part of me wishes I could despise the man who did this to my father, but I can't get any, of, any part of my heart to hate him. All that I can find is myself hoping and praying for this man to truly know Jesus. I thought this might change if the man continued to live, but when I heard the news that he was in stable condition, part of me was relieved. My prayer is that someday down the road, I'd get to spend some time with the man who shot my father, not to scream at him, not to yell at him, not to scold him, simply to tell him about Jesus. When you truly grasp the exchange that Christ went and made for you and I, it should motivate you in how you choose to respond. You get that? She doesn't want to sit with the man and yell at him. She doesn't want to parade him. She, she doesn't want to just scold him. This is the man who killed her father. You want to know why she doesn't want to do those things? Because she doesn't want to represent herself. She wants to represent Christ. And she says something very profound. I don't know if you caught it. Our actions are a reflection of who we represent. Our actions are a reflection of who we represent. What she desires is to sit down with this man and tell him the glorious good news of the gospel. To represent God in Christ. To share peace with him, not war. That Jesus willingly went to the cross and took upon himself the immense weight of all of our sin and exchanged that for his righteousness. She yearns to tell the murderer of her father about the one who has given her hope and peace so that through her to him, he can find hope and peace. She's choosing to respond with peace and war. How about you? Are your actions reflecting Christ in and through the battles and tough situations you face? Are your actions reflecting Christ in and through the tough relationships that you're dealing with? Dear church, here's the encouragement of the gospel for us in the toughest, darkest, hardest situation. Here's the encouragement of the gospel in the toughest relational battle that we're in right now. As hard as it may seem, it was harder for Jesus. As unfair as it may seem, it was unfair for Jesus. As vile and disgusting as it may seem, it was more so for Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Dear friend, you have a choice today. 
You can embrace the glorious good news of Jesus Christ and choose to respond to others out of the love, mercy, and grace that God in Christ showed and gave to you. Or you can embrace your desire for yourself and respond to others out of your pride and your selfishness. As ambassadors for Christ Church family, be reconciled to God and live out and share the beautiful message of reconciliation with those around you. Be a representative of Christ and not self, of peace, not war. Let's pray. Father, it's only because of Jesus Christ, your beautiful son, that I can even come before you, that we can even come before you right now. God, thank you for sending Jesus to break down the gap, to close the distance between you and us, between you and I. God, it's so hard these days. Everything's a battle. It feels like the only response is war. God, help remind us of the peace found in your beautiful son, Jesus. God, thank you for going first. God, help us. Give us strength to go first. God, help us remember the exchange that you made on our behalf for us. God, we get the glorious opportunity to carry that message. God, embolden us. Help us. Help us share this message of hope and peace with those around us. God, help our actions and words give glory and honor to you, pointing others to you. God, we thank you so much for Jesus, and it's in his beautiful name we pray. Amen.